They're taking cherubin pots strewn strategically along the daily. Chatter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of a top-end pub... So of course I'm busting dunny paper, not under the gunnels where it should be, is Ooh. it? Uh-oh. Hey, what's going on? Smith! Oh, showtime. Great. Yeah, let's go. Quick, quick hurry up. drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it! G'day fishers and welcome aboard the crusty old vessel as the weather starts to steam up. We often look forward to the stink and the still because it's often said the barramundi like the weather most when you like it least. We're starting to get the stink but we haven't got the still. But still the boat ramp car parks around town are starting to look like woolies. Oh. On a busy Saturday afternoon. Chock-a-block. Chock-a-block. It's going off. It's going off. There's fish going off. There's fish O's <laughs> going off. It's the build-up. It's officially the build-up, folks. And, and and hasn't there been, in at this side of the desk in at Tinny HQ, a flurry of activity over the past day or two. Packy Andy has in his possession charity tag worth five grand, number 21. He's heading out. He's thinking the Mary River, Fishos. Bikini Dave with charity tag number nine is on a mission to the harbour as we speak. <laughs> it's been great to watch unfold too, Rob. Because we've got three tags left to put in. These are our $5,000 charity tags. We're going to mm-hmm. put them in the water then tell you where they are. But we've only got one applicator. So uh, these workers, these, these diligent uh, altar boys and girls of the Tinny Church who are out there putting them in the water. It's like a, a fully functioning, self-contained battalion mm. of infantry soldiers. Soldiers of the church. Well, you could say it's a holy pilgrimage, Tim. <laughs> Come in, Packy. Uh, it's Rock. you got comms with a bikini requesting package for Operation West Arm at 1500. Over. <laughs> yeah, i got a copy, Rock. Uh, bikini Dave on my six. Inbound for everybody. The MDF uh, charity tag deployment. Uh, what's your ETA? <laughs> Rocky Edwards has in her possession S4, Season 4, MDF CT 015. She had a crack at the weekend. She was out at the Crobbery Park Challenge with Kelly Carroll. But it started early, and it didn't start well. I go to put the ice and the food in the esky. We're not going to be out for long. I open it up. I've never smelt anything like that. I was dry-reaching that much that there ended up being follow through <laughs> and, the, and the lesson is if your esky's not belly up drying out and you've been on a fishing trip that should be the sure sign that you actually haven't cleaned it out fully yeah I've been there it's, yeah. a fair, it's a horrendous thing is it not an esky that hadn't been emptied for five weeks Ouch. since the secret women's business had turned out yeah apparently things then went just kept declining downhill. No tag in. It's this right, distressed by the, the dry warming. Yeah. Get that tag in. Remember, you were a soldier of the Jenny. Come in, uh, package arriving at 1300 over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm preferring to term it as a holy pilgrimage. Yeah. And one of the other pilgrims. It really is, actually. Who <laughs> we're speaking Bikini Day. Yeah. One of the other pilgrims or the taggers. Mm. Uh, did you see the drone pic from last weekend about Buff Creek Boat Ramp oh. Rush Hour? It's a beautiful pic, Fishos. It's on Facebook right above as all the boats are launching in at, um, in at Buff Creek showing just how busy it is. One of my mates was out there too over the weekend, Rob, and if you were Fishos, you'd know just how busy it's getting. A haggis has filed in on sunrise for an update on Shoal Bay. Solace. Ortis. The sun is risen. Equus Veneticus Piscatoras Consectatio Catura. The fisherman 
stalks his prey. Ophugio Mulletus Sawsome Boss. Get a mullet up here. Uh, it's Haggis here from Bellamac. I've uh, just decided to go to Shoal Bay. Um, the rock, thought it was a secret spot of ours. Turns out 5.30, there's already eight boats at the rock and half a dozen going out to the Kings. Confident someone's going to pull something in, hopefully. Um, just sitting here at the rock having a good flick and we've already seen two boats go full click into the sandbar. Um, yeah, a bit of entertainment while we sit on the sunrise. Be in touch if we catch anything else. Be in touch if we catch anything. Uh, hack us out. There was a little bit of an exhale of breath at the end there after a curious noise in the background. I think, I, I'm not sure, Haggis, and I don't want to defame you, but I believe that is the first time on record that someone's done a pop-off on the Tales from the Tinny Field recording app and then filed it in for our amusement and titillation. A pop-off like the fine Russian athlete. You know we appreciate it. Of course we do. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? He ended up getting a few after after sort of uh, unloading a bit of uh, gaseous baggage. The biggest was 71. Uh, lost six at the boat, landed another six, and got Daddy's first barrel. That's Chris. Good, good session. Over from Esperance, Dad. Chris, uh, first time fishing in the NT, a 51, barrel active, 150 for 55, jumping two metres on hookup, and all fish fought hard. This is, of course, uh, Haggis 2. Haggis Harkness, we mm. should uh, delineate between Haggis, the tractor-driving poet, bard poet, uh, laureate of the Tales from the Tinny crew. And you'll hear some more reports from Shoal over the, the Tinny. And plenty from Shady Fresh, from the Billfish Classic, from the Corroboree Park Challenge, and across the blue and beyond. <laughs> Woo! It's not about the fishing, it's about the time on the water with the boys. <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. Get a mullet up here. Now, as some wilt flail about and basically, well, fail... <laughs> there ended up being follow-through. <laughs> 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 There are, however, two men amongst us who have already done the deed. Yes, they've erred. Mm. Sure they have. They Mal Rooney and Harry Renfrey. They erred. It is human to err. It is human. And they are allegedly human, Mal Rooney and Harry Renfrey. But they got it done on the bit. We know there is definitely a $5,000 fish between Pelican Point and Green Islands. But again, who cares where they actually released it? How do we know it will still be there, Rob? They get caught pretty much in the same area as they were tagged, within spitting distance of where they were caught. Hallelujah, Bill. Spitting distance. From the man who's tagged and released every single MDF fish to date. So at the end of it all, Robert, what is the tinny really all about? Why, why is it we do this? Is it for the church, Tim? It's right, Rob. And as an aside, who is welcome in said church? Uh... Is it everyone, Tim? Protestants? Yep. Christians? Yep. Atheists, agnostics, Buddhists, fly fishers, live baiters, Trump voters, that'll test you, cross-dressers, vegans, <laughs> man-bun-wearing beetroot latte drinkers, are they welcome in this church, Robert? Yes, with some reservations. <laughs> so let's get on with it. What we are not about, Robert, is bleeding this out, you know, keep listening for the secret sound for the next 18 weeks and you can win an icy cold can of Coke. We want instant gratification. That's wrong. We want it. We want it now. We're about catching fish fish shows, winning money and giving to charity, are we not? Right on. Right on. So without further ado, the elephant in the room, where exactly is S4 MDF charity tag number 18? <laughs> no. Horse racing, wrong. No, try again. Is that wrong fanfare? <laughs> Come on, uh, all this build up, uh, try again. Try this one. Hang on, Se- I seriously, have, man? I'll just have a dig We've been the, building this up. Catalog. Hang on. We've been, this has been a career of 12 years working towards this point. Hey, just, hang, hang on, why don't I just. Aha. Uh, uh-huh. Now we're talking. That'll do. The pics have just been posted online from Harry's recent trip back down there. 
showing exactly where he and Mal released it, with pretty distinctive banks. Can you do you recognise those banks, Fishos? Are you a Vic aficionado? Sure, Harry's little kid. This is five-year-old Sam. His bum is pretty prominent up in the air in one of the pics. <laughs> uh, I digress for a moment. They call him the egret because he bobs around head down in the live bait tank, bum up, just just like an egret. Uh, to digress further, just for a moment, if you'll indulge me, he got a barra on his first trial on that trip. Mum got fish, Dad got fish, around 20 all up at the same spot. Even three-year-old little Georgie had a great day. But we digress again. You've been doing a bit of that, too. Great territory dad that Harry is. He is. True story. He needed a top for little Georgie in the build-up sons. So what did they do? Well, they panicked. Surely that's what territory dads and mums do. They panicked. No, they don't, Tim. They uploaded their woes to social media and expected someone else to solve them. Nope. No top. (laughs) Build-up son. They just jammed a face buff on her. Perfect sun protection (laughs) to a quite fashionable little crop top, it turned out to be. That's territory parental innovation. That is innovation. Respect to the Renfrew. Anyway, we digress. Without further ado. No, no, no. Come on. Here are the GPS. Have you... you, Seriously? I'm done. Just don't bother. So here are the GPS marks of exactly where that $5,000 fish is swimming around. Within spitting distance of where they were caught. S152. Two three two five eight. That'll be one five uh, two three uh, two five eight south. East one thirty one six eight nine five. That'll be one three zero one six eight nine five east. It's seventy eight centimeters. It's worth five thousand dollars. It will be nearby. And a small note to remember: the tag won't be visible. You'll have to fill it. In. You have to be registered for million dollar fish to win this one. So get on the website, register, go out, nail it! Best of luck, fishos. Just started um, smashing my way through the mangroves. And then I had to, like, lock up my drag and try to get it out. It was crazy. And when we went back to pick up his rod, he had a brim on it, so... Tales from the city! Get G'day, it's uh, Lockie from Lions. We all got to spend money on our boats and lots of money. How do you vindicate, though... A three and a half grand sounder purchase. What's the best way to pull that off, Lockie? Yeah, I think Tanya was getting a little bit toey about dropping some money on the boat, but uh, I said, you know, we, it catches fish and it'll it'll pay for itself in the fish we catch. That's the plan. Watch this, Tanya. Yeah, so a uh, little quick trip out from Buff Creek and um, yeah, got in a nice eighty centimetre goldie. Wow, just from Buff <laughs> Creek? How far out of Buff Creek? Oh, bit. 25k. Yeah, not too far. That has to go close to a PB, doesn't it? What a stonker. Yeah, that's the PB by by fair margin. Um, yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting. Bit of screaming to get the net. <laughs> it's not the sort of size, Goldie, you expect to find within striking distance of a harbour boat ramp, really. No, no. You know, and it's the second time I've been out that way and got a nice Goldie. And, uh, yeah, so I'd definitely be going back to that spot. Any discussion about the three and a half ground on the sounder immediately after that was put in the esky? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Always saying, oh, look, there's, there's some proof in the pudding, so uh, hopefully I can put a few more in the esky and keep selling that story. Did you actually put a monetary value on it? So there's an 80, <laughs> there's an 80 centimetre Goldie. There's about a 1200 bucks of the three and a half paid off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. It'll be hard to beat that one. I'll have to go smaller increments next time, I think. That's right, three and a half grand just fed the family, love. It's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so you've been fishing a lot recently, mate. Let's uh, start on Dundee. How's that been working for you? Yeah. Yeah, good. We had Del Boy come up for a week, so um, did a did a fair bit of tripping around out to Dundee. Uh, good day out. Got caught a little bit short at the boat ramp though, and uh, come in at three and a half meters and didn't have much hope of getting out. So, old boy got to spend four hours on the boat chilling out. <laughs> <laughs> didn't bother going back out again. No, it blew up a bit. It was in the afternoon and wind picked up, and uh, I'll be honest, I didn't want to get my ass kicked out there. So we thought we'll hang around and chill out, fill the fish on the boat. I think chilling out at this time of year, is probably not the most accurate <laughs> phrase. No. Where, where's your old fella from? Uh, he's from Toowoomba, so he, he's... Toowoomba's cold. Yeah. Toowoomba's cold. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was feeling the heat. We've been telling people, and it's, it's hard to give good, reliable advice on that Dundee ramp until they sort it out, but we've been saying about three and a half is what you need, Lockie. 
Yeah, well, I was surprised because I know I've pulled out on a lot lower before and I was working on two and a half metres thinking that would be safe, but, yeah, didn't, didn't have a hope. You joined the hordes at Shoal as well? Yeah, been out that way. I went over with uh, 30-odd boats over at the Rock there and had a bit of a poke around there and around Kings. We hooked a few, none in the boat, but, um, yeah, there's a few floating around, which is good. And big trips with the old man to the Tiwis as well. Yeah, we went over to the Strait, had a ball over there, like really got blessed by the weather gods. Yeah, really good run, glass out, seen a couple of whales on the way back and plenty of tuna and Max getting around, which is really good. Another name and voice you hear often on the tinny is that of Russ Walton, who's the vegan uh, pink, uh, pink, pink fan, yeah, well, yeah. Would you actually reconcile and allow him to answer that while you were away? Oh, yeah. He's made up uh, fake news, I think you would call it. <laughs> anyway, you bought his old boat. Did he leave all his Tiwi marks on that sounder, the old one, did you? <laughs> no, no, he didn't. He reckoned all his marks were shit, so... Yeah, of course he did it! <laughs> <laughs> I got there, they're all crap. So what did you fish for when you were over the Tiwis? Uh, we were chasing Jewies and Goldies and um, did a bit of looking around for some barrow as well, but probably a little bit too neepish at that point for them. But, yeah, it was good. We found a little rock bar and some trebs as well. And uh, decent-sized Goldies on that trip? Yeah, they were. They come on a bit better in the afternoon, but, yeah, there was heaps of Goldies. You got about another 2300 to pay off on that sounder. Where's the next trip to uh, to get it done, like To get the gold in the piggy bank. <laughs> Oh, geez, that, that's a tough one. I don't know, these, these, these fish which are worth a million bucks, so I think we'll probably start stirring a few of those up if we can or trying to find one of them, so maybe head down to Shady for a look soon, I think. So the other half is a keen fisher as well. Uh, has she been putting some in the esky? Yeah, she has. She's been a bit slack of late, although she pulled up some nice fish from her at Dundee last time, so she's still trying to catch back up on that Goldie, though. <laughs> <laughs> How's the guy's attitude? Three and a half grand drop, then having a sideways crack. We'll let you go home and deal with that, Lockie. See you, mate. <laughs> Thanks, guys. On your tenure. You go get him. Go get him! At Dundee, actually, Lockie was saying the charter boats and not even using the ramp anymore at certain times. That's how bad it is. Crazy. Back to the bad, or many would say, actually, the The good good old days. days. So, as many predicted, they're they're pulling in the bigger charter boats on those really low tides on the other side of the rock groin. With the tractor. Yeah. Old school. Using the tractor. Anyway, the tender's out. Hopefully they get on with that work sooner rather than later. Got a political hoy first up. Oh, good. Bit of commentary. Uh, Jeff on Face8. Hey there, Tinny Church. Was watching the pre-declaration festivities at the Karen Phelps party. Ah, the Wentworth by-election. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, can't help but think there's a lot of Chardonnay slash Moey waffle taking place, <laughs> yeah. which you would be damn right. Yeah, not a lot of frothy no, waffle going what, on at that, no, that after party. But your little, your little shampoos, does they're, it, they're frothy. Does it really classify? It you? would be absolutely a definite demarcation of waffle. Oh. I, think you can, I think we can say that champagne, yes, is a frothy, but it will result in a highly different form of waffle. Oh, yes. Some highly intellectualised waffling. No, not that's not to say less valuable or less intellectual. Just different. <laughs> just different. I got a hoy from a butcher in Kalkaringi. Uh, <laughs> called me with just an apron and boots on after uh, handling some meats out there. Never has a naked man handling his sausage caused so much controversy. If you didn't hear or see or read this one, it was all over Australia, this news. Bloke, it, someone took a photo of him nude. Apron his boots. Misses, his other half. Uh, it was his missus, yeah. Uh, working with the sausages at the Kalkarangi Meatworks. I mean, stupid to put that on social media, but boy, did it create a, oh, my Lord. a hoo-ha. He was sacked immediately. In the end, the Meatworks, just over the last week, said they'd closed down. 13 people were out of a job on country. They beca- dumped, dumped heaps of snags from schools and yeah, local they, stores. And- yeah, they, because all the, all the contracts fell through. Turns out the photo was five weeks old. So I mean, all we... those sausages have been eaten, folks. Yeah, they're already in the gob. What a storm in a teacup. The bloke... Did you think? Oh, the bloke, oh, God bless him. He, he, had he was his just apron having a go. On. He had his apron on. I mean, how many, uh, maybe butchers will tell me I'm wrong, but I reckon a couple of them would have a bit of a dig up the nasal orifice every now and then, even absent mindedly, and then get on with their work. 
that's going to be a hell of a lot more biological threat to the old banger than a bloke having his banger well contained inside his a, banger food, a was, food grade apron. His banger did appear to be well contained. Anyway, since they learned how old it was, they're now in negotiations again to uh, reinstate the contracts and open the meatworks. But the butchers looking for work. How about 10k in the ice tray, though, baby? How about that yarn from during the week? <laughs> Basil Tiaho and his 83-year-old dad, Kimji, left their barrow in the freezer for two weeks before taking it out for a cook-up just a couple of days ago. Went to Yellow Waters and uh, was trawling along the, the lagoon. This thing hit my line and pulled it in. We stick it in the esky, come home, and then stuck it straight into the freezer. What? Yeah, stuck in the freezer and then went straight to bed because I was that tired. And then uh, I decided to bring it out and cook it up. And then as I was cleaning it, I saw this red take. <laughs> so this is two weeks. It's been in the freezer for two weeks. I cleaned a bit of the algae off yep. and had a look. And it had uh, the 31st of March 2019. There was fish raising everywhere, you know. <laughs> How big was the fish? 80 centimetres. So you were fishing, I understand, with your 83-year-old father when you caught it two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, I told him, and he, he was pretty excited. He said, then I told him I was coming in, and he can't come in because he's got to go to golf. Well, yeah, I'll probably give him some and uh, the family a, a bit. Well, I thought I was might go for a holiday over to the homeland, New Zealand there. And, oh, good uh, on you. See the relations. and Did it taste good? How did you um, cook it? Still in the freezer. <laughs> still, you know, I've got to take it out because I, I had to um, get the tag out. Probably once I go home, I'll, I'm going to smoke it, actually. Tastes good too, you know. <laughs> As Basil, he was talking to Adam Steer, the... Winner of the second 10 grand fish in the Million Dollar Fish campaign. And, wow, man, the, the vitriol and hate on social media has been phenomenal. And I, I can only suspect, Robert, that... It's what jealousy. The, what those haters hate most is that they didn't catch a 10 grand red-tagged fish. The allegation... I mean, who knows what really happened? That's Basil's story. Lots of others reckon he caught it before the comp started. Million Dollar Fish has paid. They're happy. What's your issue? The people who are forking out the money are happy? What's your issue, haters? They reckon he froze it from catching it before the comp started. Now, all we need to do is ask you this one question. What would you do? (laughs) And if this be the case, and we're not saying at all that it is the case, Basil, but if it was the case, how has Basil's action hurt you, Well, Basil, if this was the case, and we're not saying this was the case, Basil, bravo, sir. Well played, I would say. You didn't exactly steal 10 grand from a baby. I mean, well played, son. Well played indeed. (laughs) It was re-caught, by the way, within 100 metres of where it was released just a month ago. Another little bit of evidence that the tag charity fish that we'll be releasing will be very close to where they were released. Spinning distance, Tim. Spinning distance is the... Right there. Well played, Basil. Well played. Well played indeed. Now, as we keep mentioning, always call in your tags, even if they are from earlier seasons, because as we've said a number of times now, those million-dollar tags from previous seasons are now live. Yeah, so if it says S1, S2 or S3... Hang on to it. Still call it in. Those numbers are from Season 1, 1469, from Season 2, 2656... And from season three, uh, three double five six, they're the million dollars. But you would be crazy not to double check any tag that yeah, you get. Yeah. It's a little bit of effort. They're going to release the numbers, the million dollar fish numbers, the two extra they put in this year at the end of the comp. Mm. So then you'll you'll know the five numbers, and they will be alive for the off season. Uh, not long after losing his dog, the dumb blonde, to Casey the Croc. Kai at Goat Island on the Adelaide is continuing to have run-ins with, uh, well, his other local, the big boy around the area, Fred, the handbag, who's continuing to outsmart him. Yep. But the question is, as a Territorian awakes in the middle of the night to chase a 3.5-metre croc, what do you think he's wearing? About 3 o'clock this morning, Malcolm, uh, my rooster, he was letting me know in no uncertain terms that there was a problem there. He does his normal uh, morning call there at quarter to four, and which I hear, but I don't hear because I'm used to it, you know. But this one was definitely something very different. There was a big kerfuffle there. So I just went down and 
in Meandies and there, put the spotlight on down in the choke pen, and there was a bloody Fred halfway into the choke pen, hit him with a stick on his tail, so he went into the pen, he had his head in there already, chased him right in, because it's only a small pen, uh, exactly 900 by 2.7 metres, and, and he curled up in there, so I locked the gate. He'd all, I could see the feathers he'd eaten, the, the latest choke that I bought, really locked the gate up so there was no way he could break through it. Now, about a year ago, he was hanging around there at night, so I put, I boarded it up, all the chicken wire, and boarded it all heavily everywhere, so he couldn't get in. Yeah. But this time, I thought, oh, he's, he's stuck in there now, and I'll give Tommy Nichols a call the first thing in the morning, and I got down at 6 o'clock to do it. But he managed to squeeze through a gap that I cannot still believe. I see Fred all the time, and he's, He's, he's a young male, about 13, 14 years old. He's, he's near three and a half meters and probably 200, 225, 250 kilos, I guess him, guess him to be. And uh, he managed to, to squeeze through a little gap and put all the pot plants out of the way and, and get away again. Well, he's taken five or six from my jukes over the last three years. This is too much. I've lost too many jukes now. <laughs> Trapped the three and a half meter salty in his chook shed, in his undies, and went back to bed. Of course he did. Of course he did. Just shut the door and deal with that in the morning. Like yeah. when you find a dead rat in the kitchen in the middle of the night and you get up for a little drink or, mm. or there's maggots crawling all over the floor from the bin or there's a, there's, a, there's a goat strangely tied to your kitchen bench. Just close the door. <laughs> go back to bed. Give your head a little shake. Deal with it in the morning. I mm. uh, don't know if you saw more controversy this week. Not more fish controversy. Yeah. The, you, you might remember back to the Barra Nationals, a group of Queenslanders took it out, uh, you know, approaching the Barra Nationals with a, a different technique. During the week, they also won the same mob, the Rocker, Rocky Barra Bounty, which is a big uh, Barra comp in Rockhampton. But some of the talk at the awards ceremony got local fishos a little bit fiery. I've talked to a few people that were at the Nationals because I know how a lot of those guys in the Territory fish and it's pretty much all trolling. They basically get in the boat, they throw the lines out the back and they troll up and down, up and down the river all day. That's pretty much what they do. Up there I don't think they've seen that stuff so yeah, it was pretty easy. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, genuinely funny. Absolutely hilarious. All we do in the Territory is troll and agreed. I mean, I think it's important here to note on behalf of the Tinny and the Church of the Tinny, thank you to the Queenslanders for teaching us how to cast, because if it wasn't for you, we, we wouldn't have had a bloody clue. I didn't know they went into free spill reels. Now, I, now it might be well known, of course, that I am of Queensland uh, extraction. Mm. And I revert to my Queenslandism come state of origin time, but at any other time of the year I'm firmly territorial. And I feel slighted. I feel slighted by that spray. <laughs> that we just sit there and just like, all we can do is manage roll a lure out the back and chug up and down like morons dribbling onto our own shirts. Yeah, when you moved, you were great at casting when you lived in Queensland. When you moved here, you just forgot how oh, to. Completely, didn't you? I had no idea. No one up here obviously does it. So No, I, look, I looked at, I watched all the commentary and and bile coming out on Facebook there. They're a good mob, and they took it all to good heart, and it all got resolved in the end, which is good, because we are thankful that we know now know how to cast. Uh, did you see the pic? Here's another one of the shovel nose. Oh, the, sh- the, the, the shovel nose shark and the ray caught and killed off Mandora Jetty. It got fishos pretty angry, including this bloke, Spencer, who, uh, who saw it go down. I, I was just catching the ferry. A couple of fishers were all proud and puffy about how they caught a big shovel nose and a uh, an eagle ray. I said to them, I said, like, look, man, like, shouldn't be taking stuff like this. These are pretty much a living fossil. You should throw them back. Like, what, what's the point of eating that? And, you know, he had a yawn back at me. But, yeah, we just kind of left it at that. So I took a photo. And there hasn't been one good comment associated with uh, that photo. A lot of angry uh, local people about uh, people aren't doing the proper thing by catching and releasing and and the species. A lot of undersized fish that get caught there on a daily basis and everybody, you know, turns an eye from it because there's no fisheries down there to regulate it. it you see this every day. In terms of the shovel nose shark and the spotted eagle ray, there aren't actually any laws in the territory that prevent you from catching, keeping and eating them. They're not threat classified as threatened or uh, protected. Is it more kind of a moral obligation from your perspective? I mean, species like that will why would you want to kill them? 
You know, mm-hmm. like there's plenty of other fish to eat. There's lots of pelagics around that jetty. What are you going to do? You're going to haul a 40-kilogram shovel nose and stick it in the boot of your car and then cook it up that night? I mean... So what do you want to see at Mandora then? See more of the fisheries down there uh, looking at what people are catching because the, on a weekend basis, it's it's... There's a lot of people down there fishing. There's usually 10 rods to one person, and they take anything they want. I mean, finger mark, that's the size of your hand, eating every single species that comes up. They're taking it because it's such a secluded area. Nothing's happening about it. Something needs to be done. You're a fish too, mate. How has it been for you? Yeah, I love that jetty, mate. I catch anywhere from salmon to mackerel to tuna to jewies to finger mark, uh, mango jacks. Last week there was 83 centimeter barracot. I mean, uh, it's a great fishing spot for families to come down and have a good fish. Spencer, now this one got a bit confusing because you can see the photos at ABC Tales from the tinny, and a lot of the debate justifiably is they, they didn't appear to be dumped. It looked like the mobs who caught them put them in their car, took them home, presumably to feed the family. There's nothing illegal about that. You can keep them. You can eat them. And so the debate ensued over whether we should care. Uh, but then just, just recently, Rob, I got a video showing uh, it appears to be the same shovel nose uh, on a low tide, dead, lying on the bank. So it has been, if it is the same one, has just, just dumped. Has been dumped. If it's dumped, that's... That's not cool. Yeah, what's that's the point? not cool. Yeah. What is cool? What is cool, Rob? Is this bloke, Brad Rake, on Faceache. That rolls off the tongue beautifully when you actually spit it out, doesn't it? Brad Rake on Faceache. There was a bit of a problem with the Daily River boat ramp. What's Brad doing about it? He says, have excavator on site 2nd of November to fix it up for you, boys. Oh, good. you got to love that. Look, we're just imagining we're in our mind how this conversation went down. There were there were milk crates yeah. for after-work knock-offs Beers. last Friday. Yeah. Brad sat down with the workers. Yep. Said, but, listen, boys, you know that 50-tonner we got sitting over there not doing much? Go, why don't we go scrape out the Daily River ramp? How do you feel about a bit of community service? <laughs> there was actually follow-up to yeah, that, yeah, too. Yeah. Did you see that one from, from Paula? Daily River boat ramp, she reckoned, had been revamped already. Now ready for everyone to try to catch the... The million-dollar barra. So I'm not sure on the status, but just by the tinny church venting their frustration, excavators from right across the top end are whirring into action. The power of the congregation. <laughs> the power of the frothy and the bloody waffle at a, at a post-work milk crate conversation. The frothy and waffle on a Friday afternoon hey, is of so, a higher so, order so, than so, your general weekly. So, so, so many problems. G'day to Clayton. The fishy tales continues, he says. I landed this forktail barra at Shady last week. The pics of this are up on Facebook too, Fisher. Big split down the middle of the tail looks like a salmon. Clayton says the fishing was tough uh, until they pulled out the vibes. Then got 20 plus off the rock bar in the middle of the day. So ended up a good day. <laughs> yeah, blood day. Uh, Hot off the presses. A report from uh, Muddy River, you might have uh, remember a while ago, had what he thought was his first metery, apart from the Noah that smashed it on the way. Oh, yeah, and as he was leaning over, he had a broken net or a hole in the net or something, and as he was leaning over to net what he thought was his first metery, he was actually cut in half by a shark. He lost, I think, three sets of keys out of various pockets. Not only his own, but uh, mates, and yes, it was quite a schmozzle. But anyway, Muddy River, his old man Ray is in town, and he's flown Brother Warren up to go on a bit of a family fishing adventure. They've been having a, a bit of a hit out at Shoal over recent days and they've uh, been doing okay. But I've just got a hot report in mm. from Meckett. 110 on a hand line. What? Thank you. <laughs> really? Thank you very much. The boys are very happy, except for Dad Ray, who's a little bit pissed off. What are you talking that back for? Oh, where's Ray from? Down south. Queensland, yeah. Let's eat it. Little Peters for a week. Let's keep it. Oh, what a glory uh, fish. Uh, indeed. Well done, boys. Well done, the river boys. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a boy. It's one of the best times of year for barra fishing. We get it. It's exciting. Many people go to great lengths to get themselves perfectly positioned for the million dollar fish. We get it. You're excited. You're full of enthusiasm. The adrenaline is coursing through the system. But have a look on Tinny Faceache. Would you really go to these lengths, or, or more accurately, these depths, in Hope Inlet, Shoal Bay? 
Simon Boko tells a story. We come around the corner of um, one of the creeks in Shell Bay there and we could see a bloke standing out on the mud flat, on the edge of the mud flat, no worries. And hey, he must have been in the boat or something like that and he's walking the edges. We come around the corner a bit more and we're like, oh, there's a, there's a snag in the middle there. And a bit of a funny looking snag and then it started moving. What the hell is this? And we got up a bit closer and sure enough, here's a bloke standing up to his chest in water, casting. So how deep? He was up to his chest. So as we trolled past him, we were in about a metre and a half of water. Yeah, he was up, up to his chest, up to his armpit. He was opposite a croc trap that had a two and a half metre crocodile in it. Now, it's not a big crocodile, but it'll still take a leg off. And I've seen bigger crocodiles in there. Not only that, it's the start of the stinger season. We we're starting to see a lot of, um, of big box jellyfish floating around there as well. How far was he from the croc trap? The croc trap was on the opposite bank to him, less than 30, 40 metres away from it. What are you doing? We asked him, you know, there's, you know, there's a croc trap right there with a crocodile in it, and he sort of shrugged his shoulders, and we were godsmacked. We were just, all right, no worries, so we just kept going. So not a whole lot else we could do. Uh, mate was there, he was standing up on the on the bank there at the start and um yeah, we started catching a couple of fish and um he he started, wandered into the water as well, up to up to about his um about his waist, um, just to get out that little bit further. Yeah, it was um yeah, unbelievable. Was it worth it? Did they get any fish? We didn't see him catch a fish. <laughs> uh we got three net in front of him. Um, we'll try not to hit him with the boat as we're hooking up or turning out and um, to, to play the fish. And, yeah, we'll try not to hit these guys in the water with the boat. Well, that's the third risk, I suppose. Uh, the fourth yeah. the fourth is the power of those tides and the deep channels that run through various parts of Shoal Bay. That is, yeah. So they were there still about half tide in. Um, okay, they weren't big tides. They weren't the big seven-metre tides that, were ra- that raged in, but still neat tides that um, still got enough to slow you right down and fill up a lot of those channels. So these guys have had to, I reckon, would have had to swim at least half the way home. You can see the photos at ABC Tales from the Tinney on Facebook. Now, it was an eventful uh, trip for you, Simon, not only for that reason. So, boys, what's going on here? Time for to put fuel in the How much fuel have you got, Jacob? Oh. Heaps or what? Yeah. Bit? How many beers we got left? <laughs> three bits oh, and five lots of f- all, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we got what? Three beers left or what? Oh, we're almost out of beer. We've got no fuel. I want to go high. <laughs> and that's a massive storm bearing down on us. And we're still an hour away from getting rescued. Oh. Yippee. Fishing. So, Daniel, what else went wrong this time? Get a flat f-ing battery, you reek. Idiot. Hey? Not only did you run out of fuel, you and Jacob, and now you left your headlights on and you got a flat battery. Yeah. Ben and Jason finally got a chance to go in someone else's boat or always end up taking people. So they took me fishing for lunch halfway through the day. The sort of motor gave a bit of a cough, and that was the first indication that we were running out of fuel. We didn't didn't think much of it because we got the motor running again yet no worries and we were right up the back of some skitty little creek somewhere full of mozzies and sandflies and it decided to die so we pulled it all apart thinking there was a, a, a fuel blockage or something like that in it and couldn't get any fuel through anything so we had to mincoder out of the creek as far as we could and um, try and get some phone reception and um yeah, I got a hold of my old man. He, he grabbed me boat and come and rescued us. So you couldn't get any fuel through from the tank to the donk because there was no fuel? There was no fuel at all. We, he, he was jumping up and down saying, no, 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 there should be fuel. And I'm going, no, you've got no fuel because there's no fuel coming through. It, it's happened to the best of us. Um, I, I've done it once. Lack of pre-planning, I think. Yeah, seven Ps again. Did the beer last till your old man arrived? Yes, he was, he was very thankful for that. As soon as he got there, we, he gave us a 20-litre jerry can, um, and as he gave us that, we gave him two beers. Ah, it didn't work out too badly. Was the no. trip worthwhile for you guys? I know where you were fishing is you know, a spot you've worked on pretty hard, so you can keep that close to your chest, but did you get any decent ones out of there? 
Yeah, yeah, we got some, we did get some really nice fish for the day. It was, um, it turned out to be quite a good day, um, except for the, the fuel. So, yeah, otherwise, fishing was great. Tales from the Tinny. Now, an explanatory note to our international potty mullets here. Mm. That's how good mates in Australia actually talk to each other and yep. convey respect and admiration. That's right. You f- bloody son of a f- mongrel. You idiot, you f- head. And I love you dearly. That's the way it goes. Simon really had a chance to sink the slipper into the skipper there. He did, didn't he? But he was actually like quite reserved and contrite. Very admirable, Simon. Mm. Voluntarily admitting he too had run out of fuel and owning the mistake. Mm. Owning it. Mm. Picks of those uh, guys up at their waists on faceache. Uh, the boys, uh, the Bocco boys, not the boys up to their waist. We don't know what they got, but uh, the boys in the boat got Barra up to 97 on that trip, by the way. Lots of talk from a lot of people about Shoal Bay being a bit like Casuarina Park car park for the Boxing Day sales at the moment. But those larger fish are here and there if you're patient, persistent, and let's face it, a little bit lucky. Another sticky build-up day in the top end. 87% humidity, 29 degrees overnight minimum. The chance, but not the probability, of a late relieving storm and no breeze to speak of. Conditions predicted to continue for the... Build-up time. madness. Murder season. Jock rot season. Harbour glass. And the fishing is steamy. Steamy? It's a bloody sauna. Me thongs are squelching. Thank God for being Barra jumping. <laughs> and the snap out wide. Oh, got colour. Goldie. The esky is packed. And your fuel tanks are brimming. So launch, noble fish catch the turn of the tide. One of these mornings, waters, there'll be a pig for your killing. Yule dong fish after blood and entrails will fly. But till that morning, Solus waters make sure nothing eludes you. Nothing gets past us, mate. Steel traps on a hair trigger. Have your pluggers on the gunnels and your drag cranked up high. Harbour arms, river mouths, ocean blasts. Give me a cold. No, no, make that two. I'll pull one over me. Man, I've got the most horrendous case of crotch rod. You want to have a look? Oh. From the tinny. Well, as we've been raving on about on Tales from the Tinny, we have four $5,000 million dollar fish charity tags to release. The whole idea is to tell you where they are so you can catch them. Two and a half grand to you and two and a half grand to one of three NT-based charities, the Starlight Foundation, the Cancer Council and the Hayden Reynolds Indigenous uh, Foundation, which runs on the Tiwi Islands and trains up Indigenous kids how to get employment as fishing guides. Uh, Matt Hayden is one of the founders and ambassadors. G'day, Tim. How are you, mate? You're laid up yourself, though, mate. What happened? Surfing accident, thrown into a sandbar, T-boned it, came off second best, broken neck, C6, and uh, ligament damage in C4, C5. So it hasn't been a particularly good couple of weeks. Um, I mean, it's one of those unlucky but lucky because... As we all know, there's been lots of incidences similar to this where virtually there's been no control from 
from neck down. And, and look, you know, you do. You sort of that, that click in life is an important one, isn't it? You think that you click your button for a transaction on a computer or to go to another web page, but the click in the back of your neck is not a particularly nice sound. Well, the lesson here is uh, less surfing, more fishing, Matt. Mm, I don't mm. know if I like that lesson. <laughs> But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just not sure I'm convinced. That the two go hand in hand, brother. Yeah, the click in the neck is not enough to convince you. Um, <laughs> tell us a bit more about the foundation, mate, because when people catch one of these $4 million charity tags that the tinny has in the water, uh, yours is one of the foundations that they can choose to donate the two and a half grand to. It's really about getting Indigenous kids out on the water. Um, it's, we found what, through our 10 years of the program and delivery of it that it's a whole lot easier to get kids thinking about their futures around, you know, getting out on the water and enjoying the natural uh, connection and association with their own country than telling them to get up and go to school in the morning. So, you know, and look, both are hand in hand. Our program is very much around building a base around education, similar to what Clontarf Foundation have proven over all these years, create a happy, safe learning environment, you know, at a college called Tiwi College, and then at the back end of this, kids, you get these incredible uh, students that just want to be on the water. And, and Tiwi Island Adventures have now got kids full-time. Anthony Guy is a full-time employee. So as a punter, you can go out and fish with Anthony um, and he'll be telling stories. And they're naturally great storytellers, Tim. That's where they want to be. That's where, that's where their life has been and their family's lives before them have been. Yeah, and what a success story too. You had a crew up for this recent trip, which you had to sit on the shore and watch, but Anthony guided them onto some serious fish. Record-breaking fish for the lodge in its history. It's the only time in a boat with Anthony um, as guides. The only time in a boat has caught nine fish over the size of 90 centimetres, all barramundi, all cast fish as well, not trolled-up fish. Extraordinary results. I think we're really seeing the benefits of a couple of good wet seasons under our belt up here. I mean, the blue water fishing, I think, always holds its own up there. But one thing that we've definitely noticed is, is just how good the estuary fishing has been too. So it's promising signs. I mean, we get another wet, there'll be three wet seasons in a row and those fish are starting to really get up, get up and get out of those wetland areas. From what I understand, a lot of that bait through these neat tides has been pushing out the front of estuary. So the bait's been holding up there and the bigger fish have been up there as well. And out on the flats as well through the through the neat side. So hasn't been one thing I'm surprised about actually is there's been usually this time of year you get you know some really good thread thin salmon turning up, but hasn't been a lot of those either. So predominantly been big barren. And look, you notice it. I mean, we, we've been fishing for the last you know 12, 13 years, and the last probably six years has been quite tough. Last year was starting to get a bit better with that first wet that that, that we had after all those years. And this year, as you say, it's that transference of those 50 centimetre fish to sort of like better quality fish around the 70 to 90 plus fish. You know, just lots more volume of bigger fish. Tales from the Tinny. Matt Hayden and Guy Reynolds, the other half of the foundation, sent in a pick from that trip with a massive 126 centimetre dewy. They also got goldies up to 89. 89? That's an absolute stonker, one short of the 90. And well on its way to the mythical, magical metre of gold. <laughs> metre of gold. That'd be nice. Get a mullet up, ya. Go on. You've been dying to try. And there's no time like the present. Tales from the Tinny. Do it right now. Do it right now. <laughs> Final round of Tebs. Over uh, last weekend in the Adelaide, Leaders Creek pretty quiet. Lots of people made the run to the Weltshires and other spots uh, in the Adelaide on Saturday afternoon after, after having no luck in Leaders. Uh, there was good water clarity there, and that's where most of the action came from. I heard uh, my mate Scotty Biscuit went there during the week, and he did all right. Got did a, he? Got a handful of, oh, not massive fish, but um, half a dozen good chewing fish. Right on the ebb of the low tide through to the first push of the incoming, as the water temp dropped a few degrees with the incoming tide was when it happened. Mm. We hear that a lot mm. at the moment when the water's so so hot. That blood, first, temp- blood temperature. First push, just sometimes just a slight decrease in the water temps and that's where it happens. Tim Morgan and daughter Hannah managed a double hookup early in the comp, both in the net, a 78 and an 82. Nice double. Yeah, bloody oath. Tim laid a top the weekend with a, a chrome 101, which was the biggest for the comp. 
Resurgence in the traditional rafter, oh, apparently too. It's been gone too long, Tim. In fact, one could be forgiven for thinking there was a lot of thunder and lightning around during Saturday night. We'll leave that to be interpreted, I suspect, Robert, by those who, who were uh, there. Who know what the hell was going on. 90 fish over the uh, minimum 50 centimetres. The unofficial uh, winner was Peter Cooper with five good scoring fish, then Tim Morgan and Kai Argent. But the final places confirmed over the weekend. The winners of the whole year will be announced in November, which is always a good knees up. It's always a good knees up. We might try to get there, I think. Um, Yeah, well, apparently there's going to be some form of animal on the spit. Good, well, let's get there. Yeah, well, depending. If it's a a bit of roadkill donkey. um, I'm up for it. I think, I think they'll be good. The frothy and waffling will be, uh, will be top order. notch. Absolutely first order. A few hoys from the Billfish Classic last weekend, and congrats to winners Kurt Williamson and Bronjeman Loud, who also got champion angler. They got one marlin and three sails. 28 landed overall, 22 sails, six marlin, and uh, 20 of them at, at Dundee. Uh, some of the good performers, Barney Ray, 653 on sails, 221 on blacks. Uh, Tim Roberts with the Josh Kerr crew. Highlight for me was spending two hours on a big mama, which after devouring, devouring our baits, we finally hooked on 15 kilos, somewhere between 150 and 200 kgs. Unfortunately, we just couldn't get her up, and the leader finally wore through, but it's a fish I'll never forget. And Doug too, they got a few on the first day, then had motor issues and a faulty sensor throwing a dodgy alarm. Don't you hate that? I hate alarms. I hate dodgy ones. <laughs> Which, they could only do trolling speed for the next two days. It took them three and a half hours trolling at 12 k's an hour to arrive at the spot just oh, before man. lines in. <laughs> That's commitment. That's dedication, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, quick note, two kids, fun fishing day. Yeah, uh, 20, 27th of October, 9 till 12. Catherine Country Club uh, Golf Course. Get on to the... Uh, Game Fishing Club for more details and good if you can RSVP. It's much more fun playing with the babies than touching those yaki fish. There we go. Perfect size mullet there. Two inch. Just try and mix it up. If one thing's not working, try something else. Maybe I'm stalking you. <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. G'day, I'm Dak from BCF. Been doing a bit of foot-based billabong stalking, Dak. Yeah, that's right, mate. Just upstream from the barrage in the Mary River there. Been doing a bit of bush bashing and uh, flicking a few surface lures and, and some big plastics, hoping for a few more quality fish. Try and weed out the, the little guys with the bigger lures. Croc management, firstly, how do you assess it, manage it and manage your undies? Yeah, it's on a on a minute-by-minute basis, to be honest <laughs> with you. I'd probably go uh, a little bit free. Any mess just falls out the yeah. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it allows you to run faster too, unimpeded with the baggage in the undercarriage yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, so <laughs> as far as that goes, mate, it's definitely being as crockwise as absolutely possible there. I mean, you've got to look behind you as well as in front of you and, and, uh, and all that sort of stuff and definitely looking for a few signs, so... We, uh, we came across some pretty wide croc slides and, and, uh, and whatnot that were fairly fresh. So um, definitely a few metres back from the bank and, uh, and making sure, like, we generally fish the shallower banks where we've got a punch of further cast, but anything that's coming towards us gets their shoulders out of the water well before they can really get to the edge of the bank. So that's a bonus. And it doubles the adrenaline, doesn't it? Because you're onto a fish, you're concentrating on that, but you're also still hyper-conscious of a 360-degree assessment and undie management. Oh, yeah, mate. And we've had a few creep right up on us there and come after the fish. I guess our experience has been that they are fixated on the fish, which is probably a good thing for us and the undie management. So describe the country a bit more for people who haven't fished that sort of area. So generally we're, we're walking through a bit of, uh, I guess it'd be a bit of mangrove and, and whatnot and trying to come to a bit of clearing. And now that the waters are receding a little bit around some of these more isolated billabongs, you do have a bit of ground where you can walk along and, and have a flick. Are you looking at uh, lily depth for ease of retrieval access? Not so much for ease. I, I do like a lot of cover so whether it's deep weed cover and I find the deeper weed cover better for barra and then some heavy lily cover for the toga I usually would pick up the toga on the edge of a lily bed rather than in the middle um, I get a lot of mishits hits in the middle but if I can land a cast on the edge of cover um, usually a couple of twitches in and it, it gets nailed so what sort of numbers and quality of fish Dak? I'd say the number of strikes um, is is way up there you know 
every fifth or sixth cast, sometimes we, we get a strike, that's on the hot bite. Otherwise, I would say the quality of fish outweighs the quantity of fish. Yeah, so some really thick, healthy fish. Yeah. You said uh, early on there that you're upsizing in the lures to try and upsize what comes in. Uh, how's that been going? This last trip over the weekend, I fished with, uh, with Hannah, my partner, and um, she was a bit frustrated. She couldn't flick the larger lures, and, and the fish were just on the bigger lure. Well, I was casting a seven and a half inch soft plastic and caught all the fish on that plastic bar one which was on a five inch. So now you're managing barramundi, crocs, undies and hannah. Domestic disharmony. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, she's she's a good sport, but she usually cleans up and uh I could feel the frustration. <laughs> so to what size are the barra? Um we don't take a measure matter anything with us again the less fluffing around we can do with a fish in our hands the better but i'd say to about 70 or 80 yeah bloody good fish and clean silver they have been the the last few fish that we pulled in were heavily scarred and i've, I've actually noticed on a bit of social media posts from other people a lot of these fish mm. are heavily scarred so whether that's crocs firing up or them rubbing up on things i don't know but even the toga um, we had a couple of toga come in that were that had a few heavy hits to them, you know. I can't explain it. Yeah, the, I've seen the same, and it, it looks to me like um, croc hits as crocs are firing up in the build-up. Great fishing, though, Dak. You're heading back out again soon? Yeah, I, uh, I think I'm going to take a mate out. He still has not caught a barra. Um, he fished to finish last week and, uh, and did struggle a little bit. So, um, yeah, going to try and put him onto a fish. What do you ask of a man... If you're the uh, the person who puts them onto the first barrow, I mean, what's what's fair recompense mm. for the for that wonderful service you intend to provide? Oh, I don't know. I like a bit of satisfaction of being able to help somebody catch a fish. Just a thank you. Yeah, thank you is good. And if uh, if they catch a tag fish, I expect half. <laughs> Sign the TFT PPA, mate. They're on the front desk here at your tackle shop and at all good tackle stores across the territory. <laughs> the tales from the Tinny Piscatorial prenuptial agreement. Thank you, Dak. Yeah, not a worry. Cheers. Sterling work, Timothy. Sterling work. Before you hit the water for the million-dollar fish, make sure you are protected. Fill out a Tales from the Tinny Piscatorial Prenuptial Agreement. Decide now how you'll split the proceeds from any winning fish. It doesn't mean you don't trust each other. It doesn't mean you're destined for disaster. It means you'll avoid trouble, tragedy and tantrums in the event of monumental monetary gain. It means you'll receive what's rightfully yours. Download it now from abc.net.au slash tinny or the Tales from the Tinny Facebook page. Hi, Tristan Sloan here. Corroboree Park Challenge over last weekend. How did it go? Oh, look, to, to be honest, Rob, it was tough. It was tough. We thought we'd sneak up to um, Shady Fresh along with half of Darwin. So that obviously wasn't that, that sneaky. We put a lot of hours in, jumped off a couple of good fish, but really we got a handful in the 60s and 70s. So. How did others go there? Look, I, I don't know. I didn't see many lights on and high-fiving in the Ahuin, to, to be honest. So I can surmise that we did pretty well. I know a couple of guys were catching um, quite a few rats up the other end of Shady Fresh where a bit of, bit of water was starting to trickle, trickle in. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was fairly quiet out there. How many did you get all up? Look, all up we got uh, nine in total, so it, it wasn't bad. We could see plenty of fish on the sounder, but um, for those two rock bars, the top and bottom rock bar that normally fish pretty well, I think there was just too much boat traffic out there. Is that where most of your nine came from? Yeah, that's right. So we, we, we trolled and flicked the top rock bar um, predominantly, um, did a bit down, down the bottom, but mainly the top rock bar, yeah. And... With the trolling, I'm presuming you're bouncing deep divers right off those rocks, or did, did most of the fish come from casting it? No, no, we, we were trolling. We, we weren't bouncing the rocks as, as much. Um, most of the lures were running, sitting about two, two and a half metres, and that's where we could spot the fish on the sound and the side scan, so we tried to match the, the lure depths where the fish were. And what predominantly what we're doing is I used to do out at Crobby is looking for the schools of tarp on and, and hoping the bigger barrel would be sitting around there because there, there were plenty of rats in the weed beds and... We did have a little bit of a muck around with those, but really we wanted those, those 80s and 90s that would, that would win a competition. Yeah. Mm. 
results of that comp not released till the following weekend, yeah? That's exactly right. So presentations uh, th- this coming weekend. Um, so I'll be interested to see how everyone went. We had a good chat to, um, to, to Rocky and, and Angie and uh, had a chat to Angie on Saturday night. She said Crawley was very tough for some, but a few people found some, some clean water, some clear water, and, and did get some good numbers of fish. But um, obviously it would have been created. You know, we heard 40, 50 boats out there. Um, so good turnout, but I don't like crowds and neither did the fish I found. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tough with the tides. you really got to get them right for the salt water side of Shady. Uh, heard any reports from there? Uh, no, I didn't. I did hear a rumour that a couple of guys were trying for the Wildman because that was obviously within the, the boundaries. Uh, I haven't heard any reports, but it would have been a very early start to, to put your boat in the water and, and a long day in the water. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've been fishing Shoal Bay a bit. Yeah, that's right. So um, I suppose back into to last month, we've been fishing the rock, um, doing quite well. So um, getting a few fish in the 90s, which has been good. Yep, um, mixture of throwing um, soft plastics, prawn imitations. We haven't done any good on vibes or trolling, and uh, we did catch a few fish on live bait where things were especially quiet and they wouldn't even look at a lure. Wow, yeah, we were talking to Chris Erity uh, a couple of weeks ago about it, and he said that they're sounding up, but they're deep and they're hard to hook up, and he put that down to boat traffic as well, just the sheer number of lures getting lobbed at them, Tristan. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with that. You've got half a dozen boats. You know, in low tide, it's 100 metres by 20 metres. You're locked into the rock. Six boats, they're moving up and down on fish. They're going to be very, very gun-shy. Um, and everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's trolling, you know, 10-plus divers and, and throwing vibes, and they see a lot of those. You know, well, every boat puts on 100 casts on fish, and there's six boats there. That's 600 casts. They see a lot of lures, so I think you've got to do something different. Yeah, go back to the old school, man. A, a wooden rattler or a rattling spot, or you know, run a uh, run a scum frog over the surface. See what happens. Well, <laughs> you're right. You know, you got to do something to, to you know the fish get educated. Yeah, redfin spinner. Yeah, yeah, a, a trout celter, something like that. Um, but we have found um, you know like a, a prawn and atomic prong uh, soft plastic. Just trickle along the bottom very, very slowly. Just, just, just keeping it off the bottom is where we've got some really good bites. And um, when, uh, when we haven't got any of those bites, we've lobbed a live mullet in there and they've, they've done the job. So if I was just out there to catch fish, I'd be getting a cast net and a bunch of mullet. Yeah, yeah there's no real shame, is there? Not when they're all 95, 97. I'm that, happy to uh, take that every day of the week. That's yeah. the thing. They, when they do bite and you do hook them there, they're good size consistently, aren't they? Yeah, so we, we've fished every, every fish in the 90s um, over the last month and a half. Um, so from 91 to 99. Uh, haven't got a meteor yet, but, you know, look, I'm not going to complain. It's been, been a good good couple of sessions. Yeah. Uh, how water temps out there and how have they changed over the month or six weeks you've been fishing it, looking just at the rock? Yeah, look, that, they've, they've heated up a lot. Um, so originally when we were fishing it, it was 28. We're getting fish on the run-out tide. Last time we were out there, we actually donated, but the water was 32 degrees. What we have been seeing when the water is a little bit hot, they sometimes bite on the first 30, 40 minutes of the push-in. The water will temperature only drop half degrees or, or so, but that's when they have actually woken up and bit. And, and the other thing is when the water starts to push in, you know, you've got six boats there, five of them will piss off because they've had the, sh- you know, crack the shits, sitting there all day, not catching anything. And I think that's a factor as well, you know, that it's just me sitting there with my um, soft plastic and my mullet sitting out the back and, and that's when they start to bite. Persistence. Yeah. Mate, you know, what, what they say, I'd rather be lucky than good and uh, sometimes it's a combination <laughs> of both, so, yeah. How were water temps at Shady Fresh, by the way? Yeah, they were good. Yeah, they were good. Um, so we went 29 to 30. Um, the fish did bite, bite late at night. Um, we're talking from 11 to about 2. We got the odd fish. Um, little rats on sunset as you, as you normally do and, I, and you could actually watch it slowly, very, very slowly. The water temperature creeped down uh, as it got late into the night and I think that's what helped the fish come on the bite. That and the fact there was a good moon in the sky as well. Bloody magic. Well done. I mean, nine fish from Shady Fresh is probably pretty reasonable but we'll see when the results are released and thanks for the update on Shoal as well, Tristan. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, look, at, you know, now's the time to get out if you can stand the humidity. Um, plenty of um, fish about and I've been hearing a few rumours from Shady Salts as well so we'll see if they eventuate to anything. You run 12 volt fans on the boat? <laughs> I run a esky, you can stick your head in, that's what I run. So. Big esky? <laughs> a big esky, I've got a big head but we could probably fit two side by side, it's a big esky. Is the canopy allowed up on your boat? Uh, d- during the day, yeah, if we're trolling, mo- mo- most definitely we can put the canopy up. Yeah, yeah, because we're there for a long haul, it's a 12 hour plus day and um, every little bit helps. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. to see you. Thanks mate, cheers. Tales from the Tinny. And thanks to Angie at Palmo Game Fishing Club. Some of the initial 
sort of outlook from the Corroboree Park Challenge with full results to be released over the weekend. The South was the standout for Bigger Barra, most likely down at Brook and, 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 and around the mouth. We're getting sort of, hmm, hmm, yeah, like not definitive answers, but that's yeah. what we put together. Corroboree harder during the day uh, with water temps up to 35.2. But as it cooled in the evening, the fishing did pick up, as Tristan had just mentioned. Mm. A few people found it better through the night. He's a real night stalker. He is now, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, And as he reported, Shady Fresh was hit and miss. You know, good for some and not for others. Uh, Yellow Waters in that comp, one family didn't get the memo that you only had to record your top three fish, Rob, and they came back, I think, with it all scrawled in an old pizza box or something. (laughs) The sizes of every single one of the 35 barra they'd caught over the Well, you the don't comp. want to leave any data behind, nah, Tim. And if, now, however it comes in, if it's on a greasy pizza box, that's all good. Yeah, but 35 fish for the one crew. So Yellow Water's doing all right. Yeah, uh, yeah full results uh, over the weekend. And just remember the charity tags, number nine, CT009 going out with a bikini Dave Gregory. CT015 going out with Rocky Edwards. <laughs> if, she, if she can manage to, if she can manage to <laughs> clean out the esky and then catch Get the a tag fish. in. Uh, CT021 going out with the faithful Packy Andy. He said he was going to do it this week. Oh, well, Guys, get a move on. Get a move on. Pull your finger out. You we go- want to give this money away. This We're is giving the- this money Hurry away. Up. This is a holy pilgrimage. Take it seriously. And the Vic River 78 centimetre tag number 18. The numbers again. Are you ready with your pencils or your little recorder? South, 15, 23, 258. East, 130, 16, 895. That tag is buried just behind the door, so you'll have to go digging for it, but it's there. Go out and get it. That's about it for Tales from the Tinny. Thanks to everyone who's been part of it and who's part of it every week. Till uh, next week, get a tag mullet up ya! Tales from the Teeny.